When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and now that corn silage harvest is off and running, how will crop insurance coverage influence your decision? In the field, this is probably the biggest topic that crop insurance specialist Jenny Brown is talking about with farmers. Jenny is a multi-peril specialist with Rural Mutual Insurance, overseeing acres across the state with a special focus on the eastern side of Wisconsin. She says she expects claim numbers to be slightly higher this year because of the drought and severe storms that Wisconsin experienced over the growing season. But it's still a little early to say for sure. We've started opening maybe a little bit more on the claim side just to be safe. You can always open a claim and then close it. It's better to be on the safe side and have that open and say, well, we didn't have a loss and then release it versus, oh, no, we should have opened one and we didn't. So we're opening a few more than we usually do. But as far as, you know, wheat and hay, harvest is done on on wheat and a lot of really good yields. There were some some yields that weren't weren't great. It was sort of all over the board. So a few more losses on the wheat side, especially for anybody who had revenue coverage with the decline in price. That that definitely kicks some people, even with some pretty average yields in some cases, into a loss just because of that price decline. So yeah, we're probably going to see more more losses this year than we have in the past. You mentioned wheat, obviously, because that harvest is done. So you're starting to see some data on that. But what any early indicators on what you will expect in corn, soybeans? It seems like it's really all over the board, even within, you know, a single field. Just doing yield checks, it sounds like, you know, some spots are going to be really, really good. They look like, you know, it's going to be at least an average yield, maybe even better. But then you can go 25, 30 feet in a field and see terrible looking on corn cobs, just, you know, terrible looking and starting to tip back didn't fill all the way. So it, it's going to be, you know, very spotty, probably because of the emergence issues we had, you know, starting out some corn, some beans came up at different times. And that's, you know, going to be pretty obvious in the fields now when they're getting in there to harvest. Maybe you have anecdotal data, or maybe you can tell me percentages. How many growers did have to replant? How many did have to harvest a crop early just because they needed forage? Any details you can share on some of those tough decisions that some farmers had to make? As far as the replanting goes, I know quite a few people had considered it. In in our area, a lot of people held off and didn't replant and just waited. And about three weeks later, especially on the beans, uh, some of the corn, once we got a little shot of moisture, it finally started to come up. Some people did have to replant just because that plant, it came up. And then there was just no moisture and it completely died. And with the emergence issues, we're starting to see other issues, especially soybeans, where guys went out, replanted, and some of the initial beans came up, some of those replanted beans came up, and now there's a little bit more dense population out there leading to some white mold issues. It's just going to be one of those weird years where you don't know what the right thing to do was until after you did it. Not only the right thing to do, but also what insurance allows you to do, right? If you choose to harvest your corn for silage versus grain, is there an opportunity to be compensated for missing out on the grain because you needed the silage? This year, the the call has been, 
you know, should I do silage? Should I should I harvest it as silage or should I harvest it as grain? What are my lost options there? You know, because a lot of guys, they do have dairies looking for silage and they're trying to figure out what makes sense for them to maybe sell that to their neighbor. And are they going to be compensated if if that yield isn't there, if they sell it as silage, but we had insured it as grain? Typically, if a corn variety can make grain and they're intending it to be grain, we're going to insure that as grain. And if they end up taking it for silage, uh, an adjuster will go out there and appraise the grain value. They can still harvest it, get the tonnage off of that. But if there is a deficiency in that grain, they're going to be compensated on the grain side because they're still going to need to go out and purchase, you know, a starch to be in that ration. So that's where if if they're planting grain, we ensure it is grain, and hopefully that gives them the benefit of even if they do take it as silage, great tonnage, but they'll still have something to go out and, you know, kind of compensate them on that loss of the grain value. Jenny, how many Wisconsin farmers enroll in the government-backed crop insurance program? Numbers-wise, Wisconsin, just to, to kind of give you some numbers, I believe this is this is maybe a year or two old uh, data-wise, but I believe 78, 79% of the corn and beans in Wisconsin was insured. Uh, wheat, just because, you know, it, it depends on the planting dates and everything like that. I think wheat was closer to 50, 54%. Hay, not as many people insured hay, about 16%. National average on corn and beans, I believe, is is higher. I want to say it's like the mid to high 80s. So there are some people where it just, it doesn't make sense. If you can self-insure, you know, you don't have a lot of debt, your maybe number one source of income is not the crops. Some people just don't see the need or, or the benefit for it, or they just are in an area where they feel like they're not hit very often with you know, events that are going to trigger yield losses, they may not. But quite a few people do see the benefit of, you know, it's pretty much the only guarantee you can buy for your business before that crop is even in the ground. You know you're going to have either X amount of bushels or X amount of dollars from crop insurance or your yields at the end of the year. So it's, it's a good peace of mind for anybody who, who needs that extra protection. Any early indicators that this that this tough growing season is going to mean you're going to get a lot more business for crop insurance next season? I know we've had calls already this year, just in March, after the deadline, April, May, when guys were starting to realize, you know, we really are going to be at a deficit for moisture. And unfortunately, we were already past the sign-up deadline. So I think there will be some people who, who may, you know, not have had it this year, who will see a benefit in having it next year. But I think it really all depends on what they see come harvest time. Sometimes I think we look at it and we think it's going to be a really, really bad year and are absolutely blown away and surprised by how much yield actually ends up being out there in, in some cases. There, there certainly will be losses this year, but the seed technology you know, has definitely changed a lot over the years. And these plants are doing amazing things with very minimal moisture. So I'm hoping we're going to be pleasantly surprised in a lot of cases and people may see that even with a really tough year, they may still want to roll the dice, but there are definitely going to be, I think, a, a few individuals that are going to say, well, yeah, maybe this is the year to start doing crop insurance, even though I've never done it before. Jenny, when are those enrollment periods for crop insurance? So our fall enrollment period is coming up. September 30th is the deadline to sign up to have coverage on wheat 
and there there are some hay uh, insurances that the coverage period ends September 30th. There's also rainfall coverage on hay that ends um, December 1st. Then we've got apples and cranberries. They uh, sales period for that ends November 20th, and then spring crops we've got plenty of time on corn, beans, oats things like that, we don't have to sign up for those until March 15th of 2024. So everyone should have some pretty good yield data to be able to decide, you know, if that's going to be something they should do for 2024. Any other big dates coming up, dates for growers to be cautious on when it comes to any other decisions regarding their harvest? There are end of insurance periods coming up. We've, we've got some time. Um, silage would be the big one. Anything that's just insured as silage, if it's not going to be out of the field by September 30th, I would tell people to touch base with their uh, crop insurance agent. Just let them know because we're going to want to do appraisals on that. I, hopefully that's not going to be a scenario we run into this year, but just in case. And then December 10th is another big one. Um, grain, corn, soybeans, if it hasn't been harvested by then, if it's for some reason going to sit out in the field, then again, I would encourage people to touch base with their agent and just let them know so an appraisal can be done. But we are coming up against some end of insurance periods. So that's where it's good to check with your agent, just kind of have an open dialogue, especially this year, just to make sure no claims are missed, no opportunities for getting those claims open and getting paid on on something you paid insurance for. Jenny Brown along with us. She's a multi-parallel specialist with Rural Mutual Insurance, overseeing acres across the state of Wisconsin, but she does have a special focus on the eastern portion of the state. She speaks to those early indicators of insurance claims and how crop condition is influencing decisions in the field when it comes to corn silage. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.